0: Spotlight. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have dreamed at that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded by blue and green grass, and bored years and I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from to handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to Town 10th Year Anniversary Edition is a revised version of Andean's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. Spoken
0: oh. Label. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally settled at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on anchor itunes apple spotify youtube and literally 10 11 other networks the full archive can be found at spokenlabel and all one word, on word spokenlabel dot dot on bandcamp it is set as pay what you want so you are ent- if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you're going to throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs for podcast. Enjoy. Spoken oh. Label. Hi, guys. Andy M. And Spoken Label. Back in the house. I'm on Zoom again today. And I've got another poet on the other side of the Zoom. actually strange enough. And this young lady I'm chatting to, I've been chatting to for a little while now, but I was aware of it's a case when you chat to writers, so sometimes you're aware of them before they you know, you get talking. and She's a fantastic writer, she's got some really interesting ideas. So, and I'm pleasure to talk to you today, Caroline. So, Caroline, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are, where, where you originally came from, and what led you on the creative path you're on now. Hi, um,
1: I'm Caroline Burroughs, and I write poetry, prose and uh, personal essays. Uh, I'm originally from Scotland but um, I've lived in London and Bristol and now I'm up in Lancaster so I suppose I'd describe myself as British rather than anything else.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: I've been writing on and off for years. I've got a background in graphic design. Um, I did a Degree with the Open University when I was in my mid 30s, and that was in literature. So that sort of reawakened my love of reading and writing. Um, and then that led to me sort of writing a lot of flash fiction and then poetry, and eventually plucking up the courage to quit my job and sell my flat and go and do an MA in creative writing up in Lancaster, which is why I'm up here at the moment. Um, so since then, I've just been trying to focus more and more on writing poems and making little video poems and writing pieces of flash fiction and trying to finish a novel which is never ending the (laughs) editing. I can relate
0: to
1: that. I mean I hope I write it before I die but anyway um so that's kind of what's led to me being where I am it's sort of been a incremental steps really growing in confidence and being encouraged and then sort of taking a leap of faith to to throw myself into it fully with um doing and finishing the ma and trying to n- stay on that path and not revert back to any of the paths i was on before yeah
0: yeah you, you sound what you told me before you've had certainly a few in, you've gone in a few directions haven't you in your career and they certainly yourself like it's when well, i've had an industry tommy originally a graphic designer now obviously if you're a graphic designer you've got to be a structure haven't you i like, think you can carry the skills forward into your poetry you find that then, when you're looking back at your work as a graphic designer, do you think it did naturally lead you into it?
1: I think it's all to do with um, storytelling because people's there's a new kind of term. Maybe it's not that new, but people describe themselves as visual storytellers. I don't know what other yeah, storyteller there is really, but um, I think everything. I think everything in life has some kind of ingredient into what makes you where you are now. So yeah, I've got the graphic design background and that's to do with when you're, it's different to doing fine art when you're working for companies and clients because it's all to do with clear communication and someone's trying to explain what's in their head and what they want you to produce as a graphic designer and then you're trying to translate that into pictures and I think poetry and stories, writing stories is very similar. It's trying to have clarity and communicate what's in my head to someone else's head. So visually, I think that helps having the art background, really, and having worked in the graphic design industry when I was younger. So I think it's all to do with communication, really, and trying to be clear. Um, one, one of the sessions I had at university last year was with uh, Paul Muldoon. He was a visiting professor. Um, so that that was kind of amazing, and i 'm a massive Wilfred Owen fan, and one of the oh, things yeah. he Shaun said yeah <laughs> uh, i 'm in love with a man who 's a hundred years dead, but never mind, <laughs> um, but he said that what was what was so effective about wilfred owen 's poetry was was again the the clarity that if you sit in a room with a bunch of people and say something, everyone will have a different impression of what 's being said it 's hard enough in normal communication, but wilfred owen 's poems are so visual that he manages to communicate what he can see as well as the feeling and the sort of outrage at what's going on so that kind of was a little light bulb moment hearing it from Paul Muldoon um I mean if you, if you can have a, a session with a teacher that's one of the best really
0: he's fantastic uh, fantastic writer a, it really is
1: yeah I mean he's got a Pulitzer it's not bad is it so He's done well for himself definitely
0: yeah now obviously in relation to yourself and obviously you're a your pseudonym is The Cycle, isn't it? So, yeah. Now, do you want to tell people, obviously, where did that come from?
1: Okay, so verse cycle. So verse is in poetry and cycle is in bicycle because uh, I'm quite passionate about cycling. I was going to say obsessive, but that's
0: negative.
1: <laughs> um, so I've spent quite a lot of time going off on bike tours, Uh, on my own, with friends and with groups, Um, and quite a few of my poems are cycling related. Uh, So for example, last May, in a different world when we could cycle around anywhere we wanted, I went on a a mini bicycle tour uh, around England and the borders of Wales, visiting Wilfred Owen locations, and then it was amazing. And what was so nice was, um, was, Having the knowledge of Wilfred Owen and the tragic, poignant story of his death and where his poetry came from, but then visiting where he was born, where he went to school, so it's Shrewsbury, Oswestry, and Birkenhead, I was getting to sort of know him and his childhood and his family life. So I put all of that cycling adventure into a poem because I wanted to base it on his style. So. First Cycle kind of came about because a lot of my stuff generally features a bicycle. Not always, but a lot of the time a bicycle sneaks in there, even if the poem's not about a bike yeah. tour. If it's about heartbreak or something, a bicycle manages to wheedle its way in. So that's where First Cycle originally came from.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. That explains why Then certainly, the because I, I was guessing there was some big love on it, because I knew you were lucky cycling and stuff like that before I could see that watched some of your videos today so now um tell everybody next to about your year of trying to be environmentally friendly
1: oh so this has become an albatross around my neck on the 19th of September I decided that I would try and write a verse of poetry a day about trying to be environmentally friendly and how difficult it is actually so I was really wary of um not wanting to sound preachy or worthy because it's the infrastructure is not there and it's hard and we all make mistakes so so the idea was just to write just a sort of verse a day about what I tried to do that day Mm. and my successes and and failures at it so I've been posting sometimes I fall a few days behind because of other things and then I have to write a flurry of four verses at once but I have kept up with it and it's become like a religious practice which is good (laughs) it makes me think each day about trying to to not have a negative impact on things, um, so I'm at verse two hundred and forty-four now. I think it's quite terrifying, yeah. and it's become I'm
0: still going. I've got on it. <laughs>
1: so yeah, there's a, I've been putting them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and it's all under verse cycle. And then because of lockdown, what's been really nice is that I've been asking friends and other poets and writers and well just anyone I know really if they'd like to record a verse so it's become collaborative and sociable so I've been they've been sending in themselves recording my verses and I've been compiling them so they're going up on YouTube now so I've done verses one to twenty with friends and it's interesting hearing other people read my words back and it's oh, it yeah. feels friendly and sociable and it's also quite odd that it's not that I mean it started in September and lockdowns changed everything so much um, and some of the things that were happening that were nice about trying to be environmentally, f- environmentally friendly have obviously gone backwards because of the virus so for example just before lockdown I was in a supermarket and instead of all the bread and cakes being laid out for anyone to pick they're now wrapped in plastic again so um while no one's traveling by car or plane as much um plastic's kind of making a comeback because everyone's rightly scared of the virus so it's just interesting seeing the contrast what's happening there but I am enjoying putting the videos together and that's where sort of what I was saying about nothing's wasted and my old graphic design skills are kind of coming yeah. back into play using the video software and putting the images on so
0: they are very good because when you, you watch, if you watch people watch your videos if you're really in the scene like, one you're a good writer and two you know you don't know your video and editing and that's really, it's a good skills to have basically so yeah now, it's, it, yeah 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 friend, that's excellent now obviously also as well i know you have a for quite formal formal structure in poems don't you and you were telling me before about you love a villanelle on so God, I used to do my head in. Them. I was a student. <laughs> <laughs> but and then, then the haikuzy tankers as well. So now, where did what made you want to write in a more structured form all the time? Your work,
1: I think. Again, it just comes back to it. Probably comes back to the po- poets that I personally like. Um, so, like, for example, Dante writes in *Divina and it's just such a it leans itself towards a, a rhythm and a storytelling narrative kind of style. So I suppose Wilfred Owen um plays around with structure and half rhymes, para rhymes Um and uh, Sylvia Plath who 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 I just think is amazing and makes me cry when I read her poems because yes. so emotionally it's laden. It's in.
0: incredible the stuff it is. It really is, I think she really was before our time to tell her poetry.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I um I think one of my favourites is the moon and the yew tree. Usually, if I if I read a poem for the first time, I try to read it out loud because it's got. Well, I mean, it's just an, it's like music, isn't it? You're supposed to yeah. kind of. I think I think it's good to hear how it sounds as well as how it looks. And um, so I read the moon and the yew tree out loud, and I'd never read it before, and I was in tears by the the third verse. I couldn't wow. speak anymore. Um, and Michael Donaghy did the same to me with a poem called The Tuning, so I think it just, they get a lot more powerful if you hear them out loud, but um, so I I suppose I like form because of the poets that I like, so I I, I sort of admire what they do, but I'm not uh, I don't think that's the only way to write poetry, I think any kind of creativity is fantastic and should be put out there and there's no prescriptive way to do anything it's just how my head works I like having structure, um, I like having a framework to hang something on and then play around with it afterwards you know um, and let the poem kind of do what it needs to do after it's, it's been hung but maybe it does need to be adapted and then the form can be reduced or let go to a certain degree uh, so I'm not uh, tyrannical about it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, of
0: course. I think you are. So you said before, Mike, didn't you? Sometimes it, you've got to start the piece off in that way, and then let it raise its own head pace and go in direction it's naturally meant to be. So I agree with you completely on that. It's mm-hmm. completely now. I want to ask you next about um, the speaker over at the Cycle Touring Festival,
1: <laughs> and also
0: Explorers Connect. Now that's something a bit different. So where did they? Where did this come from?
1: so that comes from the cycle turn again so I love watching I love watching ridiculous programs like Celebrity SAS and uh, things that I'm completely incapable of ever doing um, but when I was a bit younger I I well not even that long ago really I did take a, my bicycle up to Argentina on my own and I've been to Mexico and gone over to France with my bike and tried to find places where um King Arthur was set well where Merlin's trapped under a tree actually in the forest of Brossioland. and he wow. deserved that for treating <laughs> fairy Vivian badly she, she got him back but um so after I did my open university degree um a lot of the books from that course I noticed we're based in the north of England. So there was the Bronte sisters, uh, Wuthering Heights and um, Jane Eyre. There was Pat Barker for the Ghost Road over um, what's south of Whitby? I've forgotten the name of the place. Scarborough, right, ah, thank God. No <laughs> uh, and some of Dracula set in Whitby. Um so I put and um Wilfred Owen had stayed in Scarborough as well while recovering. Uh, from Shell Shop before I went back, so I sort of mapped out this route um, after finishing that degree to go and visit the locations to do with the books that I'd read, and um, and it was amazing because Wuthering Heights and Haworth, I mean the hills were were a killer. The landscape was beautiful. The weather was terrible. It was it was like I was in Wuthering Heights, and I kept joking that my bicycle was my Heath,
0: Heathcliff, you know. <laughs>
1: um, sort of traumatized love romance going on Um, so I put all that together and then I sort of made it into a talk about the landscape the bike tour um, and how they kind of influenced each other and what I got out of it from doing that degree course really so I ended up giving a talk first off at Explorers Connect down in Bristol And it was just a little half hour talk and then it grew and grew and grew and I got a bit more confidence. So again, it was that kind of nothing's wasted um, and keep working on stuff and keep having a go. So I ended up at the Cycle Touring Festival last year, giving it as a talk. I was really nervous about it as well, but it went down well and there was very nice feedback from folks about it. And then this year they did it as a virtual Cycle Touring Festival because obviously oh, wow, um, wow. it couldn't happen. So then I put it all together with the video skills that I'd learned. So that's online now to view. Um, so it's got information about the novels and about the bike tour and about uh, the state of my head during certain days, which <laughs> were more enduring than others.
0: Oh yeah, completely fascinating. Do you have any idea where what you want your work to go next then? Or are you got any sort of plans at the moment laid out?
1: Well, I want to keep doing the eco-verses because there's still another 120 days to go or something like that and then putting them together as as a video. Um, I want to keep writing my poetry and making my little poetry videos because I'm really enjoying that. Um, What I was hoping to do before, but lockdown and, and coronavirus has changed everything, but I spoke to... When I did the cycling podcast, I'd spoken about the idea of going off on my bike and going places and showing up and seeing if I could just do my poems of an evening um, in a pub somewhere and put my hat out, you know, to try and sustain myself. Uh, So I had this sort of, I'm sorry, that's my phone.
0: (laughs) Don't worry. I thought I I was me for a second then. (laughs) And <laughs> I'll back to you.
1: So I've got my phone set up as my camera. So yeah, <laughs> apologies for the pinging. Um, so my idea was to be like a sort of travelling poet, um, showing up places to read out short stories and poems, and just sort of do a tour, and try and find out about the local poets or the local literary historical people, and then write about them, similarly to what I did with my Wilfred Owen tour. And what I did with my literary cycling tour. So that was kind of my idea, but everything's changed now. Um, but I really I was kind of inspired by um, two things, by Simon Armitage, because he did a thing like that, Walking the Pennine Way. Um, and also there's a there's a Shakespearean troupe of actors that tour around on bicycles and have a trailer carrying all their kit called the Handlebards. Wow. So, yeah, they're really funny as well. They're great. Go and see them if they're ever allowed to tour again. Yeah. I think they've got stuff on um, YouTube. But I saw them perform and asked them about their, their, their um, trailer kit. So I mm. bought a – because I was trying to live environmentally friendly, um, I decided to buy nothing new this year if I could help it. So I ended up buying a bike trailer off a man on eBay, um, who'd used the trailer for cycling and climbing. And when I told him that I bought it because I wanted to do this poetry thing, he replied in a poem, and I thought oh, that was amazing.
0: Brilliant!
1: brilliant. So how wonderful would it be if everyone just conversed in verse for oh, forevermore with me? You know, fantastic,
0: so. fantastic. Me and Amanda are doing that because um, we wrote up together last year. We did could run away with me in seven words, and it started started off with. Amanda doing a seven word poem, and then me getting <laughs> clever on doing a response to it. And she didn't expect that. And it then became a book. But we've we'll just started to work on the sequel now. It's so called The Calling Get Run Away With Me Again in eight words. So this next time, we're doing it in eight words instead seven, seven.
1: That's <laughs> so beautiful.
0: Aww. It's great for me. We communicate between verses. I know what you mean you wish the world should do more, it definitely. Us, it's a really great idea. <laughs>
1: Maybe this should be a national day instead of just National Poetry Day, where we celebrate poetry. You're just, you're only allowed to talk in verse for the entire day. Everything oh, must rhyme. Fantastic idea!
0: Yeah. I like, we obviously we've got National Poetry Day, month. we should be National Verse Poetry Writing Text Day as well, shouldn't we? Yeah, that'd be great idea. That <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> Now that's all my questions, Caroline. Unfortunately, so if people want to find out more about you, where are you the best going?
1: Okay, so um, the best place to to see the work is probably on YouTube, and the channel is called Verse Cycle, because um, it's got the poems set to little videos, or sometimes I'm in them and sometimes it's little pictures. And then also for the eco-verses, they're on Twitter and Instagram, and also on Facebook. Facebook's got the videos and the equal verses and everything's under verse cycle. So, and also under my name, Caroline Burroughs. but there is another poet called Caroline Burrows. Um, our stuff's very different, so I'm the one that's associated with verse cycle. That's the easiest way to differentiate, really, between the two. If there's a bicycle involved, it's probably me.
0: Yeah, and when I was researching it this morning, I noticed that myself. There was another postbook with Caroline Burroughs. I thought I enjoyed her work, but I did see the yeah. difference in the style completely. So it's,
1: it's really good. So it's, if if people search and find the other Caroline Burroughs, read her stuff as well, because it's really good. Um, but it is a very different um, subject matter to, to, to my sort of whimsical yeah. cycling poems.
0: To make uh, you, to make you laugh, Caroline, before we go, uh, my real name's is I'm out of myself now, because I don't care today. <laughs> but my real name's actually Andy Nicholson. And I went I came Andy Anna like fifteen years ago because when I started writing, people started writing to me thinking I was the bass player for the Arctic monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, all oh, right, change quick. <laughs> so, you,
1: you could have used it to your advantage, but Andy Anna is now then, okay.
0: Yeah, it suits a yeah. better don't you? Well I was, I was getting some like about well, I had like fifty friendly Quest come through one day after a meeting. I thought I don't know who any of these people
1: are. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I might change my name to George Clooney now, actually. I <laughs> have <been too> long.
0: <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> right anyway, Caroline, seriously. That's the end of part one for us. I know you're gonna do a few poems for us now, aren't you? So so what we'll do, guys and girls, is we'll take a quick break. Hang around, obviously, and we'll see you one minute when Caroline's gonna do a few pieces for us. Take care, guys. Spock hi guys, Okay, straight off to Caroline now, and she's got a couple of pieces for us today, so over to you Caroline.
1: Okay, this is a poem about a cycle commute I did in Bristol going home through an underpass, which is never nice at the best of times. Um, and it goes through an underpass which shows how Bristol used to make its money. It's got a sort of pictures in the underpass. It's called Junkies in the Underpass. I cycle quickly past the junkies in the underpass. Their dealer stands dead center, a white man dressed in black, astride a bike with no lights, this underworld his stage. Evening breezes this king a short, sharp pricks as I ride wide of him, pedaling his shit to two locals laid low between the broken glass and grit. His shout carries a glint like the water in the bottle and the tarnished metal spoon I spy left at pedal level, a scene waning like the moon. Yellow light reveals them huddled beneath the underpasses mosaics, which depict a long history of most of Bristol's trades, this current exchange excluded and the sugar and the slaves. Graffiti scrawls across the pictures, letters and words all strung out. Not street art, not a Banksy, just a public place defaced. It's an update representing this exact time and space.
0: Excellent. You know, uh, what I can say there with your words is you're very, you are very, very good at convincing a sense of place and that. And I've not been to where you're talking, but I felt I knew the place after that. So, yeah, really, really very excellent. Oh, thank you. Okay, was number two
1: then. Okay, so this next poem is to do with the Wilfred Owen bicycle tour that I did, um, and it's called A Wilfred Owen Odyssey, A Spring Cycling Offensive. My bike's fully loaded, my own pack mule, a pilgrimage of Wilfred Owen poetry, riding south between the Pennines and the Irish Sea. I set my sights for distant Liverpool. You can't miss it, says a man. I ask for directions. Casting his curse, I get lost in different ways. Skirt Leyland, where tanks were once made. I'm relieved I've survived it through Preston. Spring lambs bounce around flat fields in the ribble, near two crows ganging up on a baby squirrel. The bee road takes me over six screaming lanes to a scouse bus honking with offensive disdain. In Birkenhead, a statue called Futility shows a man with his head in his hands who sat with a wreath of paper a poppies in his lap. The bronze remains dull, although it's sunny. Expecting a veteran, I meet a musician who went to the B.I. Wilfred's old school. Only a wall remains where a cruel head canes kids for breaking archaic rules. In his Wilfmobile, he shows me locations. Did you know a dead famous poet lived there? The people living inside couldn't care. Then it's back to the Wilfred Owen Museum, hearing how he's adapted poetic rhythm into a Wilfred Owen musical. Near Chester, I rest in a cyclist cafe where a roadie shows me a safer greenway, past a cemetery where rows of soldiers fill. Uniform graves standing to attention. Despite the forecast, there's miles of cold, wet stuff, but warm showers greet me at Oswestry from members of that cycling community. There's Wilf's birthplace, another statue, an exhibition, a plaque, a park in the church where he prayed. A Wilfred lemon and poppy seed cake was made by the librarian, second place in a bake-off. I wait by a country field as cows are unloaded One runs bellowing, it's separated In another truck is its baby calf It's quieter when I reach city grass outside Shrewsbury Abbey Whose bells when they were ringing war's end That's when Wilfred's mum got news he died At a pub B&B I stopped cycling in the bath, the acoustics sound great being read, Wilfred Owen by Richard Burton on YouTube before bed.
0: Thank you. Wow. Yeah, you felt, you felt like you were in full odyssey then. But yeah. You are, you, you can, all well, like what your work caroline is, and this I recommend you check this out it's back the center place so before. In that case then with the first one was all that bristle, this one was a full odyssey and you feel the journey you were on then. Weird, really, really obvious stuff. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, Alton, I'm back to you again
1: then. <laughs> okay, um, this next one is, uh, I wanted to write in ballad form, um, <laughs> so, yeah, you have to think carefully about the word, you're going to have to rhyme a lot, but um, this is called Neil Young is Everywhere. Soon you a man who worshipped a singer, Gaz took his gospel, each Neil Young lyric had Neil Young for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even dressed up like that aging peacenik. On his mission, Gaz used Neil Young's music to tell Sue it was love, not an affair. All talk, no trousers, a married man's trick. Neil Young was everywhere, Gaz was hot air. Sue tried not to miss her love pretender, watched a flick to forget that fanatic. She groaned, the film showed a mountain climber, on top play Old Man, a Neil Young classic. At karaoke she heard guitar's lick, a Neil Young song she wanted to murder. Even outside proved a Neil Young nightmare, a harvest moon shone, a joke too cosmic. Neil Young was everywhere, Gaz wasn't there. Gaz had talked big of live now, pay later. Sue sought peace of mind at a health clinic. The nurse said, that's like Neil Young's. It's better to burn out and fade away. Sue felt sick, convinced Gaz had made her a statistic. But Sue was fine needing no Medicare, just for being with a bit of a dick. Neil Young was everywhere. Gaz was nowhere rick sat by sue he spoke like a hurricane. sue asked his music taste made a prayer you can guess rick's answer it's ironic neil young made them a pair neil young is everywhere
0: why the love for neil young then <laughs> um
1: it's it's not really it's just that he is everywhere um he does seem to actually his lyrics are I really like his lyrics and he does seem to sort of become ingrained into the society of the world. There is no escaping Neil Young. So it was uh it was yeah, or maybe it's just you notice things a lot when you're trying not to. Um again.
0: Yeah, you caught me out with that one. I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> but certainly, that was nice. See,
1: you've got a Neil Young poem as well, don't you, I think? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, I do, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, M- mine's called Bad, Bad Neil Young Covers in Nana's Attic. And that's part of a sequence I'm working on. So, But that was a joke, that one, mine, was to degrees. degree. So, <laughs> so well, I think yours is a different way Yeah, excellent. Okay, now, did we say you could do four or five pieces today? I've got two more, if
1: that's objective short sure. Perfect,
0: yeah, great stuff, yeah, fine. Okay, over to the foreman.
1: Okay, so this is um this is me trying to write a, a sonnet, but a tr- Petrarchan sonnet, so it's the Italian rhyming scheme. And it's, uh, it's called the Hawthorn. A native bush from the north, the hawthorn, when grown in the right hemisphere you'll find, it sometimes has the power to spellbind. Lost hearts drifting over the wilds forlorn. One bush stands fast on a fell weather-worn, thriving despite the elements that grind. Its barbed branches catch me, I become entwined. The thorns pierce my skin, my feathers are torn. Deep within the bush's heart is a blaze. I peck the thorns out, flick them on the fire. The flames form a song thrush, wings scratched and grazed. We heal our wounds cooing with desire, feed each other berries, gather white bouquets, and make our nest in the hawthorn briar.
0: Yeah, no, I think, so- think sonnets are quite hard things to write, but you've got to do, that, do a really good job on that. So do you find them when you're in sonnets, because obviously they're very, very different to ballads and obviously your other stuff you work you do on, do you find you have to go into different different rhythm all the time or put different different head-on almost?
1: I think it's usually the content kind of dictates to me what I want to write, but also looking at the structure of sonnets, Um, to me they look a bit like discursive essays. If you... Uh, for example, John Keats's "Bright Star." It's like it's got a, it's got a very wide view, and then he gets closer and closer to Earth until he's um, with his lover in bed, and it's all connected through the symbolism of a star. But it's each sort of four, 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 and then conclusion. Um, so I think the organisation, organizational structure of a sonnet lends itself towards emotional storytelling. I think, I can, I can that's yeah. how I sort of see it. Yeah, I'm yeah. it, that's
0: right. right. Excellent. Okay, the big conclusion now, isn't it?
1: <laughs> A short and sweet one. Um, <laughs> it's called The Last Waltz. The courting lovebirds danced. He pushed forwards, entranced. Forced her one step behind. His leading turned her blind. He made moves, she sidestepped. Held too tight, she felt kept. Feet unswept, she flew freestyle.
0: Oh, wow. See, <laughs> vegan, that was really, it just pulled the rug up from my the feet then completely. Excellent. Great way. Thank you, Caroline. That was a great way of finishing it. I've really enjoyed it today. Hang around. I need a quick word to your mic. Thank you again today, Caroline. It's been an exceptional session. Really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you.
0: Okay, and take care, guys and girls. Stay safe and stay sane if possible. I'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye. Oh. Bye.